We are now in our second to the last study in the book of Jude. <laughs> we are in part nine of this series in contending for the faith or to contend for the faith. Short book, 25 verses. We've been in it for nine weeks today. Um, it's just been powerful. We have a lot to read this morning as... Um, as we will be covering verses 20 to 23. And it has, been, it has been my intention, especially in these small books, and I'll do that with just about every chapter, to start from verse 1 each time to get to our text. So that as we cover it time and time again, and some of you guys might be thinking, why do you start at verse 1 all the time if we're going to cover it? Because I want it to be ingrained in your heart. I want you to hear the Word of God so much that when you read it again, you're going, I remember. I remember what we read. It's, it's like you've memorized it because we've read it so much. You might be reading it and you can hear this little Mexican voice in the, in the back of your head going, man, every time I read it, it sounds like Zeke in the back of my head. But I want it to be ingrained in your heart and in your mind. And so we have a lot to read. So verse 1 of Jude. Jude, a bondservant of Jesus Christ and brother of, G of James to those who are called, sanctified by God the Father and preserved in Christ, in Jesus Christ. Mercy, peace, and love be multiplied to you, beloved, while I was very diligent to write to you concerning our common salvation I found it necessary to write to you, exhorting you to contend earnestly for the faith, which was once for all delivered to the saints. For certain men have crept in unnoticed, who long ago were marked out for this condemnation, ungodly men who turn the grace of our God into lewdness and deny the only Lord God and our Lord Jesus Christ. I want to remind you, though you once knew this, that the Lord, having saved the people out of, e out of the land of Egypt, afterwards destroyed those who did not believe, and the angels who did not keep their proper domain, but left their own abode, he has reserved in everlasting chains under darkness for the judgment of the great day, as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities around them in a similar manner to these, having given themselves over to sexual immorality and gone after strange flesh, are set forth as an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. Likewise, also these dreamers defile the flesh, reject authority and speak evil of dignitaries. Yet Michael the archangel, in contending with the devil... When he disputed about the body of Moses, dared not bring against him a reviling accusation, but said, The Lord rebuke you. But these, speaking evil of whatever they do not know, and whatever they, they know naturally, like brute beasts, in these things they corrupt themselves. Woe to them, for they have gone in the way of Cain, and run greedily in the error of Balaam for profit, and perished in the rebellion of Korah. 
These are spots in your love feast. While they feast with you without fear, serving only themselves, they are clouds without water, carried about by the winds, late autumn trees without fruit, twice dead, pulled up by the roots, raging waves of the sea, foaming up to their own shame, wandering stars for whom is reserved the blackness of darkness forever. Now Enoch, the seventh from Adam, prophesied about these men also, saying, Behold, the Lord comes with ten thousands of the saints to execute judgment on all, to convict all who are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds, which they have committed in an ungodly way, and of all the harsh things which ungodly sinners have spoken against him. These are grumblers complainers, walking according to their own lusts. And they mouth great swelling words, flattering people for, to gain advantage. But you, beloved, remember the words which were spoken before by the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, how they told you that there will, would be mockers in the last time who would walk according to their own ungodly lusts. These are sensual persons who cause divisions, not having the Spirit. Verse 20, But you, beloved, building yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keep yourself in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life, and on some have compassion, making a distinction, but others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garments defiled by the flesh. Lord Jesus, please, by your Spirit, speak to us, Lord. Help me to teach with clarity and help my brothers and sisters to understand with clarity. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Jude starts off verse 20, just like... The same way he started off verse 17 in our last study a couple of weeks ago. Going back to them but say, by saying, but you, beloved. <laughs> and, and, and he puts a focus back on the believer that is reading this letter. Again, the, the, the believer that's reading it 2,000 years ago when he wrote it, as he's talking about all this stuff, he, he turns his attention back to them. And the last time he focused his attention upon the believer in verse 17, it was more of a form or more in, in the form of a reminder of what they should already know because the apostles had already been teaching. They had been going out there sharing the gospel and warning them about those who would creep into the churches. The writings of the apostles had by this time, when it's written, when Jude is writing, had already gone out. Some of the letters of Paul and the letters of, of Peter were probably already being distributed. And so he says, you should know these things already. I, you've been told. I am just reminding you once again to be on guard, to be ready. Warning them once, ago, once again regarding these these apostates that have crept in, be on guard. Be on guard because they come in and they make a mockery of the church. 
be on guard because they're, they're, they're walking according to their own lusts, to their own agendas. Be on guard because they come in and they begin to divide people. They begin to pit people against one another within the body of Christ. He says, be on guard about them. You should know this already. Don't be surprised when it happens. I've told you these things, he says. You should know them. And I think sometimes as Christians, we freak out. We trip out that people would actually come in and start causing division within the church. And it's like, wait a minute, hasn't he already been telling us? Hasn't he been, been telling us about what, what, what would happen? Not just him, but the apostles. They had already been sharing these things. I shared with you a couple weeks ago scriptures in, 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 uh, in Acts when, when Paul was saying, man, as soon as I leave, ravenous wolves will come in, man. And they, they, will, they will come in and destroy the body. And they will come in from within. And so he's already telling us about all these things. We should not be shocked when things like that happen. Do we delight in them? Absolutely not, man. I hate division. Because the body of Christ is all about the unity. We are, strive to, we are to strive to keep unity within the body of Christ. And it's the enemy that comes in and begins to divide. I don't like it, but I'm not shocked by it. <laughs> it doesn't move me. I mean, I could go home and cry about it because I hate it that much. I could want to just quit the ministry because it's like, man, why do people do that? It's, not, it's like, can you imagine if that's what I was preaching and teaching? Hey, guys, what, let's just divide one another. Let's just go after each other. Why don't we, we, we fight and, 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 and hurt one another? That's not the gospel. <laughs> the gospel is to love one another, to unite one another. That's the gospel, Jesus Christ, within the church. But I'm not surprised about those who creep in and make a mockery of it. Those who come in with agendas. Those who are causing division. They, they, they may have a form of godliness within them. But all their actions prove otherwise. In that they deny the power of God that he can change people's lives. Their own included. And the reason being was because they did not have the Spirit of God. As it says in verse 19. This is what these grumblers and complainers and, and these who walk after their own lust, who, 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 have, who mouth great swelling words and, and take advantage of people or gain advantage and cause division. He says they don't have the Spirit of God within them. You see, if they had the Spirit of God within them, they would be so convicted. <laughs> that they would repent. But they're not repenting. They're not, they're not doing that because the Holy Spirit in them, even though the, the Spirit has come to convict the world of sin, it says in John, they're, they're, they're callous to it. So here, as Jude once again says, but you, beloved, this time it's more in the form of an exhortation and encouragement, if you will, that they were supposed to do everything they possibly can, doing everything in an effort to contend earnestly for the faith. 
He is encouraging them as he did back in verse 3. That, that these people who had, you know, he said, man, I, I was going to write to you about our common salvation, but I need to write to you about cont- contending earnestly for the faith which was once for all delivered to the saints. Man, he, he, he is saying here in these two verses, 20 and 21, giving them this exhortation that they, they are to continue to do everything to contend for the faith, to stand firm and not be moved. Throughout most of this letter, the focus has truly been outward. Watch out. (laughs) Be on guard for what's going on around the believer and for that matter, around the church. But now the focus is inward to the individual, to you, believer, to you, beloved. (laughs) As we are, are... as we are encouraged to always look out for the interests of others because we are always to be other-centered like Christ was. If we are not first receiving, we will have nothing to give to others. So he's calling us to be other-centered, but why should we if our nature is to be selfish? then you have to bring in a different nature to be born again. And once you are born again, now he says, learn of me. That's what he's going to encourage us here. Draw closer to me. Receive all you possibly can from me because I, I want you to give it out to other people. And so we are to not only look out for the interest of others, but for ourselves as well, as Paul told the Philippians. Because if we're not growing, if we're not receiving, then we have nothing really to give. If we were to be selfish in anything, it spells it out in these two verses of chapter of, of, of Jude 20 and 21. See, when we talk about selfishness, it's like, no, Zeke, you shouldn't be selfish, other-centered. Don't be self-centered, other-centered. But if, we are going to be selfish. It spells it out right here in these two verses. And I could guarantee you the more selfish you become in what these two verses are spelling out for us, the more effective you will be to those around you. I can guarantee you that. The more selfish you become with these two verses... And and what he's telling us to do here, the more effective you will be out there with your family, here with your church, out there in our community, in your jobs, all around the world. Because he starts off here, or just let me read them to you really quick, but but you, beloved, building yourself up in the most on our most holy on your most holy faith. Praying in the Holy Spirit, keeping yourself in the love of God and looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. (laughs) Building yourself up on your most holy faith. People, our faith is the foundation upon which we are to build on. Not this church. We are not to build upon this church, Calvary Chapel. It's just a 
It's a gathering, yes, but we're not to build upon this. We are not to build upon our family in that sense as well, or our jobs, or even our ministry. That's not what we build upon, even though if you build on your faith, all these other things will benefit from it, but that's not our primary focus. This church is not our primary focus. It should never be. Your family should never be your primary focus in that sense, nor your jobs, nor even ministry. No, we are to build ourselves on our most holy faith because without, without faith, we have nothing to build on that will truly last. And that is why we are to contend earnestly for our faith. And in contending for the faith, we build our confidence in what we believe in as we contend for the faith we grow or build in what we believe in this is what peter says in second peter chapter 3 verse 18 you can write these down i'll probably have more in a little later this is what second peter 3:18 says but grow in the grace and knowledge of our lord and savior jesus christ Jesus is our faith. That, Jesus is everything. He is the foundation. He is everything that we are to trust in, to adhere to, and rely upon. He is it. That's it. Nobody else, nothing else, just Jesus. Because that's what Peter says. You grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. You do that. You adhere to Him. You do everything for Jesus and everything else will, 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 will flourish in your life because of who or, or what you believe in or who you believe in. He is the one that we trust in, adhere to, and rely upon. And in doing that, we grow in the grace and knowledge of who He is. And then because of that, how he explains it here in Jude, we are being built up. We're being edified. We are growing in Him. As we are built up in Him, when we begin to take on, then we begin to take on more and more of His nature and His character. If we're being built up in Him, you, you end up looking more like Him. And not like the apostate. Because the apostate is into tear down and to divide. Whereas Jesus is to build up and unite. That's who Jesus is. And so when, when we are doing these things, when we are building ourselves up in Him, then we start looking more and more like Him because we start acting more and more like Him. But you see, we, we as individuals, as Christians, have to make that effort to build ourselves up in him first he gives us everything he, he lays down the foundation he, he he's brought us in he's put us on the foundation now it's up to us to grow on that foundation to grow in jesus to grow in the grace and the knowledge of who he is to be built up on our most holy faith is not just to experience the grace 
to grow in that grace. It, it's not just to experience it, but it, it, it is also in giving that grace. That's when you know you start growing. Because when you receive His grace, He puts you onto the foundation. When you start giving out that grace, you begin to build upon the foundation. In, in other words, when we are showing kindness, love, mercy, forgiveness, when people don't deserve it, <laughs> that is grace. Because if you understand grace, you don't deserve grace. You don't deserve to be on that foundation of Jesus Christ. He's given it to you and you didn't deserve it. And so he says, now I want you to turn around and give that grace out. Why don't you be kind to that person that's not kind to you? Why don't you, why don't you be, be, be loving towards the unlovable? Why don't you show mercy instead of justice to somebody? Why don't you forgive just like you've been forgiven? See, when we start doing that, then we start seeing growth in our Christian life. Then we're being built up in our faith, in our most, most holy faith, faith. In order to be built up in our most holy faith, we are to grow in the knowledge of who Jesus is as well. Not just receive the grace, but understand who He is. Grow in the knowledge of who He is. And this is the only way you can do that. Through His Word. That is the only way you could possibly gain knowledge of who Jesus is. Now, I, I, I guess I, I know that Jesus can appear to you and speak to you audibly and, and just kind of give you this amazing experience that you would probably die if you did so you really couldn't tell anybody because it's like, he showed up face to face? You're dead. <laughs> but he gives us his word so that we cannot die and know all about him. He is the Word of God, and He has spoken, and so He has given us His Word, and so you want knowledge of who Jesus is? It's in the Word. And that's the only place, you, because you're really not going to gain knowledge by some experience that you have. Most of it will be by knowing His life here. Experiences are great, don't get me wrong. I love it. But that does not equate to the Word of God that speaks truth. And so if you want to grow in the, in the knowledge of who Jesus is, it will only come through His Word. Knowledge is good to have, but we also need to be able to give out that knowledge. See, and you really can't give out that knowledge if you ain't got the knowledge in the first place. If you ain't got it, you ain't given it. And to do that, to be able to give it, you need to have the mind of Christ. And the way you learn about the mind of Christ is in the Word of God. And then when you have the mind of Christ, all of a sudden you have gained the wisdom of God as well to give it out. It's pretty powerful when you really start thinking about it. And it's pretty simple, huh? I mean, it, the way I explain it, you're going, 
Really? It's like, yeah. That's all it takes. To, 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 to build yourself up in the most holy faith is to receive the grace, give it out, receive the knowledge, and give it out. The more you receive from the Word of God, the more you will be built up. And the more you are built up, the more effective you become for the kingdom of God because or through the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Now, when you have all of that going on, <laughs> because of all that, because you are doing this, praying in the Holy Spirit will become second nature to you. If you have trouble praying, and I'm not just saying praying out loud. If you just have trouble praying, I could guarantee you, you're not in His Word. Because if you were in His Word on a regular basis, you would be learning because it would become second nature to you. You'd be talking to Him and praying to Him and, and, and this conversation is going on. Because the more you grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, the more in touch you're going to want to be with Him. The more blown away you're getting, and so you're talking to them like, are you kidding me? I mean, that could be a prayer too. It's like, you just showed me this. I mean, it sounds like a weird prayer, but it's like you're talking to the, the, the God in heaven who has given us his word, and you're tripping. You're like blown away, and you're going, Lord, I can't believe you're doing this. I can't believe, I just, that just happened to me, and now you're telling me about it. See, see that conversation that's kind of going on? I, I, I'm just telling you what I do. <laughs> but most of the time when I'm reading, it's like, you're kidding me. <laughs> I've been reading this forever, and I'm still like getting blown away. And I'm still talking to him going, man, oh man, that psalm I just read to you, because he blew my mind the other day, it's like, i got to read it. I'm going to read it to everybody else. Because I was telling the Lord, Lord, this is amazing, and I know I just read it last month, <laughs> the other day. <laughs> And I read it again, it's blowing my mind. And so this prayer thing is happening because now I'm praying in the Holy Spirit. Lord, how is that affecting me? How am I going to use, how are you going to use that? Again, this is something that happens the more you read and study the Word of God. And the more you read and study the, the Word of God, the more in His will you want to be in and do. So if you're not praying, no, you're not praying in the Holy Spirit to change God's will. You're, you're praying in the Holy Spirit to align His will with your will. What, uh, I think I, did I say that right? I don't know. I, I think I jacked that one up. It's not to change God's mind that we pray in the Holy Spirit. It's that He would change our mind to be more like His mind because you're praying in the Holy Spirit and you have the Holy Spirit living inside of you and you're saying, okay, Lord, you do that work. You do that work through me. And as you pray in the Holy Spirit, before you get into the Word of God, <laughs> see that? It's like you're praying before you're getting in the Word to gain His knowledge. So now you're going, okay, Lord, I'm going to open up your Word right now. So have your spirit begin to teach me. And so as you're praying in the Holy Spirit before you're getting into the Word of God, then, then 
as you're reading in the Word of God, it becomes more alive to you because you're praying during the time that you're in the Word of God. And when it's time to leave the Word of God and close it up and say, I got to go, Lord, I can almost guarantee you as you depart from the Word of God like that, you will continue, you will continue to be in the Holy Spirit, and now you're walking in the Holy Spirit. It just sounds amazing to me. Even as I was writing this and putting it together, I'm going, oh, Lord, it's just kind of so simple, right? <laughs> Why aren't we doing it all the time? That's, that's what we should be doing. And that, that's what I'm here to encourage you, and that's what he's encouraging here to his, his readers. That when, when, when you've done all those things, spending time with him as you leave the the presence here, His presence doesn't leave you because you're continually praying and now walking in the, in the Spirit. The Bible tells us that we are to pray without ceasing, which means that we can be praying in the Holy Spirit day or night about anything because there's a continual conversation going on. Now that is good in and of itself. But we are also to have those, those times of solitude prayer where nobody else is bugging you, man. That's, man, and, and, and to be able to pray in solitude with no other distractions. And, and, and when I say solitude, it's like, well, you're really not alone because the Holy Spirit's still there with you. <laughs> man, it, 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 you just close off everything and, and you just dive into like, Lord, just speak. Just speak to me. While I'm praying in the Holy Spirit. And I like what Romans 8, 26 to 27 says. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the heart knows what's what the mind of the Spirit is because He makes intercessions for the saints according to the will of God. Man, oh man. It just kind of all ties in together. And then He continues on. It's like, man, where did the time go? Um, I'm looking at the time. It's like, serious? Um, it says, keeping yourself or keep yourself in the love of God is the next portion, verse 21. The word keep here is the same Greek word that, that was used um, in verse 1 for preserved. It's the same Greek word that is used in verses 6 and 13 for reserved. And it basically means to keep to the very end. To keep to the very end. And we see in verse 1 and verses 6 and, and 13, in verse 1, we see it in the positive that He preserves us. And we see it in the negative in, in verses 6 and 13 when He talks about the, the, fallen, uh, the fallen angels and the apostates. So if Jesus can preserve us or keep us to the very end, and He has done that, throughout, he has done that out of pure love for us, then all we have to do is just stay or keep ourselves in that love. If He has done everything to keep us there, 
then, then basically all we have to do is just kind of hang on for the ride. <laughs> That's all we have to do. We just have to hang on. We just have to adhere to Him. Rely upon Him. Trust Him for everything. And then He just takes us along for the ride. So we're just keeping ourselves in the love of God. So really the only thing I or we can actively do to keep ourselves in the love of God is love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and love others as you love, love your neighbor as you love yourself. That's all we have to do. <laughs> Go figure. That's all we have to do to keep ourselves in the love of God. Love God with everything you've got and then love everybody else the way you love you. John 15, 9 and 10 says, Jesus speaking, As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. It is so simple. Doesn't it seem like it? Just the way he's writing it here. The new commandment that Jesus introduced to his disciples on the night that he was going to be betrayed, that new commandment in, in John chapter 13, 30-something, um, is love one another as I have loved you. That's all you got to do. So when we keep that commandment, we are keeping ourselves in the love of God. Done. And because of that, now we can go on to the next portion that says, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. We are to be looking with expectancy, with anticipation, a longing for that blessed hope <clears throat> that one day Jesus Christ will come for His church. And that will be the consummation of His mercy. The coming together with him in the clouds, as it speaks of in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. This looking, this earnest expectation is referring to the rapture of the church, where God will ultimately show his mercy to his church by taking them out, delivering them from the evil world. So whether we are raptured or we die before the rapture, <clears throat> we will receive the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life and that is our blessed hope as Peter 1 Peter chapter 1 verses 3 to 5 says blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an in to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you who are kept by the power of God through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. <laughs> so with these two verses, what these two verses show us, that if we are ever going to be selfish, let us be selfish in building ourselves up in Him praying through Him, keeping ourselves in Him, and looking for Him. That's it. In order for us to continue to grow as 
Christ, in our Christian life, we need to have faith, hope, and love. And that is exactly what Jude has just touched on here. The Apostle Paul said it this way in 1 Corinthians 3, 13, 13, But now abide hope, faith, and love. These three, but the greatest of these is love. If we are not growing in these things, we will soon come to a standstill in our Christian walk if we're not growing in these things. And once we come to a standstill, it will not be long before we are backsliding. <laughs> so we have to come, continue to move forward. We're continuing to, to build and to pray and to abide and to look. And in doing that, we can help others. That leads us to the next two verses that I will fly through really quick. Yeah, I would save it for next week, but, and I could. You know what? I should. Dang it. It was really good. But we're going to wait. How do I do that? Probably because I did all that other stuff. I should tell Jim, cut a song, Jim. Cut a song. Oh, well, hey, let me encourage you, man. <laughs> so we're going to stop right here. See, second service, I will flow right into it like nothing. And they'll go and go, yeah, they will never know that I cut it short right here. Like you guys know. You guys, you guys are the experiment. I try to do it right next service. Jeez. So let's pray. Because I'm looking at the clock and it's like, it's just not going to do it justice. Father in heaven, blessed be your name. We do thank you and praise you for the encouragement this morning from Jude. Lord, this book has been so powerful. Warning us, Lord God, so much about what's happening on the outside. And now you put the focus back on us, Father. And in these things, Lord, we can be selfish for you <laughs> and the things of you, Lord, because you want to build us, Lord. You want to raise us up, Lord God, in our faith, and you want us to be praying continually in the Holy Spirit, Lord God, that we can keep ourselves in that love, Father, that you have for us. And Lord, give us that expectancy of looking for you continuously, Lord, not just because we want to get out of this place, Lord, just because we want to be with you, Lord. But in the meantime, Father, I pray that you would just continue to do that work in us and bless my brothers and sisters this morning, Lord. Father, if there's anyone this morning that does not know you, Lord, that, Lord, they would be encouraged that you want to build them up. Maybe their lives have been torn apart, been just beaten down, and they have no hope, Lord. And I pray that this morning, Lord God, you would reach out to them and that they would respond. And so we bless you and we thank you, Lord Jesus, for your faithfulness. Go with us now, we ask. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand.